good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time frame you will be watching or listening to this live or audio um, podcast version. Of course, this is your brother in Christ, um, Brother D with another Generational Changes official podcast. Well, guess what, guys? Y'all know the theme here. We do things inspirational and spiritual here. Um, so, um, we are getting ready to walk into a new season and a new topic. This topic is a little different. This is basically going to be a discussion, kind of sort of teaching topic. Um, I'm going to be bringing newer people on here to talk about this topic. Hopefully make it into like a panel discussion type topic. But... Um, basically the name of this topic is called Let's Talk Self-Control. Let's Talk Self-Control. Let's Talk Self-Control. Let's really talk about self-control. Um, I wasn't going to necessarily do the first, I really wasn't going to really do a, a, um, teaching on this, but, you know, I want to lead by example, so I decided to just pull what I can pull off the internet, pull what I can pull biblically, and just let Holy Spirit, you know, have us, because majority of the time when I come on here and do podcasts, it's Holy Spirit speaking, not me. You know, I used to write down notes, but I don't really do it anymore because half of the notes that I write down, I don't even get a chance to really say them because it's Holy Spirit taking over, which that's what I want to happen. So um, as you guys know, we do things inspirational and spiritual here. You know, you all know the goal of this podcast is to encourage the believer, whether you're, you know, the millennial generation you're the um, middle age generation, the older generation, the young adults. You know, it, it's here to encourage you spiritually, build you up spiritually. It is also to encourage the intercessor because this podcast is not just about um, encouraging you with the word of the Lord, but it's also encouraging the intercessors because this podcast is mainly also. You know, pertaining towards intercession, since you know that's you know a good part of you know the ministry that the Lord gave me. So I want to get out that way. So I'm gonna go ahead and read the theme scripture, which is coming out of First Peter's two and nine, the NIV version, and it basically says, "Hear me, verse nine. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God special." Possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And you know, normally people don't really read the theme scriptures, but I decide to read it every time to remind you of who God has called you to be. Because sometimes you may come on this, you know, channel and you forget, or you may forget who you are. And not just reminding you of who God has called you to be, but reminding myself of who God has called me to be because I also struggle, you know, with, you know, that as well. So as you guys know that this topic is called, once again, Let's Talk Self-Control. This is a a discussion slash teaching. Um, So, yeah, the definition, I looked at the definition of self-control. The definition of self-control is the ability to control oneself. In particular, one's emotions and desires or the expressions of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult times. So this is really going to be focused on, I guess more so, on how to respond in the difficult times. Because a lot of us, whenever we're having difficult moments in our lives, we do not know how to respond. And it's important that we respond in a good way. And I know my bishop always says that we're not spiritual 24-7. But at the same time, we have to be mindful as to how we respond. Because I know the Bible tells us it's okay to get angry, but don't sin. That means it's okay for you to get angry, but don't cuss nobody out. Don't go, you know, flatten nobody's tires or you'll beat somebody up. Basically is what that basically saying. So the spiritual definition of self-control, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. 
mentioned in the book of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It is the ability to control our thoughts, emotions, and actions. There are many factors that can contribute to the loss of self-control. For some people, it can be caused by stress, triteness, or hunger. So today, I'm going to give you these four scriptures that I saw fit for this topic. Um, of course, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Um, and it can be any version. Um, NLT, King James, New Living Translations, whatever version you go by, it could be. But this is the version I'm going to read. And please forgive me if I don't have the versions beside them. Um, and it basically says, For God gave us a spirit. Not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. Galatians 5, 23 and 20, 22 and 23, excuse me, is basically talking about the fruits of the Spirit. So I'm not going to read that one because we are familiar with that one. But, um, I, well, I'm going to read it anyways. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things, there is no law. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. So those are some of the scriptures that I want to come from on today. Amen and amen. And before I go any further, let me pray real quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I give you the glory. I give you the praise and I give you the honor. For this is the day that you have made and I, your child, we, your children, your sons and daughters, will rejoice and be glad. And that, Father, I pray now that as I am teaching and having this discussion that you would move me out the way and that you would say what you need your people to hear in the name of Jesus. Hide me behind the cross, God, because I can't do this by myself. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Um, so what I was going to say, um, this is a very serious, very serious topic that I don't really think that people discuss a lot. And this topic shouldn't just be talked about when it comes down to a congregation, praise team, you know, but mainly it should be pointed also at the leadership because sometimes I feel like leadership hides behind their titles because they feel like they are, you know, okay with doing anything just because they're a bishop and or a prophet or you, you know what I'm getting. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with open rebuke because God does open rebuke, you know, but the thing is, you got to live what you preach. You can't sit here and preach against something, but then you're doing it behind closed doors, you know? And that's the same thing for myself because we have a lot. One of the main things that is preached in the church, and I could be wrong, but I'm seeing this a lot, is a lot of preachers are preaching on homosexuality. And... Majority of those preachers, especially in the Kojic church, that preach against this, you know, lifestyle, which um, the men do it. Um, you know, you don't really get many women preaching against it, but you've got more men doing it. What you're starting to see is these men who are preaching against this lifestyle are living this lifestyle behind closed doors, but I'm not saying anything. You know, I know that there was um, a video that of a I guess he was a bishop or a pastor um the video got exposed 
um, he got exposed because I think they were saying that um, he was preaching against this topic. But, of course, in the video, you know, it showed him and another male who's a content creator, you know, doing, you know, sexual acts on each other. You know, and, you know, we can't hide behind our titles when it comes down to stuff like this. We have to be an example because it's one thing to sit here and preach against something. But then it's another thing to do it behind closed doors. And, you know, when I heard about this, you know, situation, you know, um, it angered me. It did, but at the same time, you know, I didn't want to come off as judgmental because sometimes I could find myself, you know, preaching or teaching against something on podcasts or on, you know, any other social media platforms that the Lord has, you know, allowed me to have. And then behind closed doors, the thing that I'm preaching against, teaching against, you know, talking against or, you know, praying against, I find myself doing these things and that causes me to go to the Lord and be like, Father, I'm not putting my mouth on anything or anybody. And, you know, we have to learn how to have self-control in those areas because we have to understand like the Bible tells us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in dark places. And I believe that's in Ephesians 6 and 12. And if not, please forgive me, but I know it's in the book of Ephesians. Um, so we have to learn how to pray against these things. And, you know, I always, you know, whenever I get on, you know, social media, I always be like, you know, whatever you do. And I, and only reason why I do this is because, you know, of my past experience with doing this. Because back then... My self-control skills were terrible. Every time, you know, I would have a bad day. Every time I would, you know, be mad about something. I would always run to social media and post my feelings. And, you know, I had family members that would always tell me, stop going to social media. Stop posting your business out there because social media doesn't care. And truly, social media doesn't care. You know, I mean, of course, you got your family members that are on there and they're encouraging you. But at the same token, you have to be very mindful and careful as to what you are posting because God has given you an audience. And they don't want to see you one minute, you know, posting encouragement. Then the next thing you do, you get on there and you having a whole nervous breakdown or you going crazy or you saying things that you're not supposed to be saying that you will lose that audience, you know, and it's nothing wrong with being real, you know, but you have to be very mindful and careful how you are responding. You have to be very careful because you, you can't have a, a, a page, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, a page where you're lifting up the name of Jesus or encouraging someone or you hear God telling you to do this, but then the next thing you know, you on Facebook cussing somebody out, you know, or, you know, threatening somebody. That's a bad look for you as a human being or as a person. So you have to be very careful. And, you know, I, you know I'm not going to sit here and be funny about it. But sometimes when I'm on TikTok, I get tired of going on social media and seeing people posting their faults for the world to see. And then when the world starts judging you and condemning you, you get mad. And you can't really get mad because when you post your business out there, when you post your relapses, when you post your sin out there, you're giving these people access to say what they want to say. And the world is going to condemn you, you know, regardless, which is crazy because, you know, the world is already condemned because they decided not to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They decided to reject God. So in reality, they can't really judge anybody. They can't really condemn people, but they don't see it that way. They don't. That's why I believe as leaders, we don't need to go to social media every time we're having a bad day. Get your accountability partner, a prayer partner. Go to them. Go to God. Don't go to social media. 
And then when people, you know, respond in a negative way, you get mad. You can't. Because you got to understand. You know, you, you got to understand. And the world is always going to judge you, especially when you do something wrong. That God can save, but the world's going to automatically see you as a false this, a false that. And just because you sin doesn't really make you a false this or false that. You just have to get back up, dust yourself off, and try your best not to sin again and live according to God's word. It's what I'm basically trying to say. And with that comes self-control. With that comes self-control. And even in self-control, you have to know and apply James. You know, and this topic is a good is, is a good topic to bring up James 4 and 7. It's a good topic to bring up James 4 and 7 on learning how to resist. Because when you're dealing with self-control, you have to learn how to resist the enemy. You have to learn how to resist the devil. And you have to. It's very important. The devil doesn't even have power over you until you give him power over you. That's why, you know, I, I always used to get tired. I used to do the same exact thing, but I had got tired. And one thing about us as people, we always blame the enemy. Child, the enemy did this, the enemy did that. Some of us are not even on that level for the enemy to mess with us. Half of the time is us. And a lot of people don't know this, but they should know this, that we are our worst enemy. We are our worst enemy. We are. We place ourselves in situations. The devil don't even have to do anything. We openly walk into those situations because we big and bold and we bad. We think we can handle it. Then when we get into the situation, we go back running to to, um, God. When God tried to help us out of the situation. So sometimes we are our own situation. Just like with Joseph. When Joseph used to go to his brothers with his dreams. Knowing that they couldn't handle it. That's why you have to be very careful who you, which, who you share your dreams with, your vision with. You have to be very careful who you share your gifts with. Because you have those that are in your life that you think have your good intentions. But in reality, they don't have your good intentions. They don't mean you well. They don't. They really don't. That's why you have to be very careful. But Joseph didn't have that understanding. He thought he could share his dreams with his brothers because they were his brothers. And I guess Joseph wasn't sensing it, but every time he would show his dreams with his brothers, they would get upset. They would get mad. They really would. And as you see what the end result was, Joseph ended up being thrown in a pit. And I'm not talking about in a fiery pit. I'm talking about in a pit, in a hole. And then he got sold off to slavery. But at the same token, that was still God's plan because God knew what he was doing. It is, it's amazing how God set things up. It really is. And it is. So I'm going to read a little bit of this article um, concerning self-control. And um, so, yeah, please pray that I get these words correct. Okay? But I think I'll be good. Um, this is a very transparent podcast. So, Yeah. Um, so basically, let's, let, me, let me do a little bit of reading. So um, basically, the last characteristic listed in Galatians 5, and 23 as a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is to change our character that comes about because of the Holy Spirit's work in us. We do not become a Christian on our own. And we cannot grow on our own. Y'all hear that, right? Philippians 2 and 13 says that it is God who is at work in you and in I. Both to will and to work. For his good pleasure. Every good thing we do is the fruit of the spirit works in our lives. Y'all hear that, right? Basically saying, I didn't get saved on my own. It took an act of God to get me to that place 
to receive salvation, to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, to receive him as God, an act of God. Because I'm pretty sure some of us thought that Christianity, they thought, we thought that God was a myth. And you can be honest, because I thought that God was a myth until I began to, you know, see God manifest things in my life. See God really reveal himself and prove himself and show himself. Self-control, temperance, in the King in the King James Version, is of course the ability to control oneself. It involves moderation and the ability to say no to our baser desires and fleshly lust. And that's a part of self-control. That's a part of also resisting temptation, resisting lust, resisting, you know, those things that we like to, to do when we was in the world. You know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, having multiple sex partners, all of these things, living in sin, basically resisting sin. Resisting temptation. Resisting the enemy that promotes sin. We have to allow God to walk us into a season of we start saying no to what God hates. And saying yes to what God loves. One of the proofs of God's working in our lives is the ability to control our own thoughts, words, and actions. It's not that we are naturally weak-willed, but our fallen nature is under the influence of sin. Y'all heard that? Under the influence of sin. That means our nature is to automatically go to sin. We don't have to go to sin it's like basically saying, like my pastor would say, we're not spiritual 24-7. Whenever, we think, whenever things don't go right, whenever, we think, when, whenever you have a bad day, somebody to make you mad, and that mind said you could fight them, cuss them out, you could sin when things ain't going right in your life, or you could go to the Father, or you could say, thank you, Jesus. But... In reality, our mindsets are not fixed to where we can just go straight to the throne room when we're ready to go crazy. Basically what I'm saying. The Bible calls it being a slave to sin. Romans 6 and 6. One definition of sin is fulfilling a legitimate need through Let's, uh, legal meant means. Please forgive me if I said that word wrong. I'm sorry, guys. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are incapable of knowing and choosing how best to meet our needs. Basically saying, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, or if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're going to fall into sin. Even if we know, or even if we knew what would be best, such as smoking, another need, like confront, comfort, there we go, would take, enslave us again. It will basically enslave us again. Y'all please forgive me once again. Let's go down. So it basically tells us when we are saved by Christ's sacrifice, we are free. Galatians 5 and 1. The liberty includes amongst other things freedom from sin. Our old selves was crucified with him so that the body of sin may, might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. R- um, 
Romans 6 and 6. Now, as the Spirit gives us self-control, we can refuse sin. That means as long as we're walking in the Spirit, we can refuse sin. That's basically what that means. That means we're not slaves to sin. That means sin should not have no control in our lives. That means that we should not be married to sin or acting in sin. Because we've been saved, we've been redeemed. Believers need self-control because the outside world is intentionally forced with attack. Romans 7, 21 and 25. And these scriptures I'm calling out, you can read these scriptures at your leisure. Like a volatile city, we must have defenses. A wall around an ancient city was designed to keep out the enemy. Judges at the gate determine who should be allowed in and who should remain outside. Soldiers and gates enforce these, those decisions in our lives. These defenses must include avoiding close relationships with sinners, meaning with other believers and meditating on the life living word of God we don't inhibit self-control if we continually daily with the which one basically saying that um, we can't inhibit self-control if we're continuing to walk in a mindset of being enslaved to sin so basically, what that all was saying, and let me basically let you know what I was saying is, when you become a child of God, you're still going to be tempted to do some things. The enemy is going to use your past against you, and you're going to, you're going to be tempted to go back to what used to please you, what worldly things used to please you. And you have to build a wall. You have to put your foot down. Don't let no one peer pressure you into doing something. And if there's something in your house that causes you to run back to the addiction or the stronghold that you were dealing with that was very severe, move it out. Then you also have to learn how to change your friend list. Basically meaning you may have to block some people. You may have to delete some numbers. Because you can't be around people that is going to encourage you to continue to live in sin. When you are a new creation, that means you have work to do. Because you have to daily, you know, surround yourself with the word. Daily surround yourself in prayer and worship. Because it's a lifestyle. You have to make it a lifestyle. You have to daily surround yourself with people that's going to help you get to where God has called you to be and to go. So you have to be very mindful and very careful of the friends you have, the conversations that you are having. You have to be very careful of these things. You basically have to build a wall around you. And yes, some people are going to think you weird. Yes, people, some are going to probably think that you antisocial, probably. But it's not that. It's just that you have come to the realization that I can't contend with this you know and it's funny that I'm even mentioning that because early today in prayer I was having and I have transparent blunt conversations with the Lord because I've came out of a place of pretending into a place of being accountable and for real and I remember a lady at my church she's a minister she was saying that we was never equipped to carry the things that we carry Basically meaning that the things that we keep calling ours that God never equipped us to have, they're not our portion. If you're dealing with suicide, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with anxiety, whatever you are dealing with, you was never equipped, never equipped to deal with these things. These are not your portion. These do not belong to you. God never gave you depression. God never gave you anxiety. God never gave you these things. So why do we continue to declare these things if God never gave it to us? We're not equipped to carry these burdens, these heavy loads, these heavy weights. We're not equipped 
to carry these things. We're not. And we need to get in our mindset that we stop accepting these things that we know God never designed, never equipped us to to have. So we have to learn how to change our confession, which is another form of self-control. Being careful of what comes out of our mouth. We have to be very careful. Being very careful. Y'all please forgive me. My neighbor is making a bunch of noise over there. So that's why I stopped. Because I didn't know what he was doing. I hope I'm not being too loud. But um, but yeah, we have to be very careful of what we say. We have to. So let's continue. Self-control... It naturally leads to perseverance, which is funny because in a dream a couple of years ago, way back when I first started going to the church that I go to now, the Lord gave me that word in a dream. Um, Second Peter's 1 and 6. And actually, I want to check that out. Um, Second Peter's 1 and 6, the English Standard Version, it says, and, not, and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. As we value the long term good instead of the instant gratification of the world, self control is a gift that frees us. It frees us to enjoy the Benefits of a healthy body. It frees us to rest in the security of good stewardship. It frees us from a guilty conscience. Please forgive me for saying that word. Y'all know what word I'm trying to say. Um, Self-control restricts the ends of our foolish, and please forgive me for not saying that word correctly, desires, and we find the liberty to love and live as we were meant to. Amen? And amen. Let me see what else I can find on self-control. Amen. So, um, so yeah, we were not meant to carry the things that we carry, but unfortunately we choose to carry these things, but they were never meant for us to carry. So we, as a people of God, have to learn how to have self-control. We have to learn how to have self-control. You know, there's some things that we can't do on our own, that we can't do by ourselves. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. That's exactly when the Holy Spirit comes in. That's exactly when he comes in. And we have to let him take full course. We have to let him have his way. We got to be like, you know, hey, God. I can't do this. This is too much. I don't know what to do. This is bigger than me. And I need you to help me. I need you to show me the way. I need you to open up a door for me so I can walk out. We have to learn how to really give our situations and our problems to God. And a lot of us don't do that. I believe a lot of us limit God. Because we see our problems bigger than God. When in reality, God is bigger than our problems. God healed a woman that was dealing with an issue of blood for 12 years. Unclean. Unholy. And he healed her and he made her whole. 12 years. Some of you guys have been dealing with what you're dealing with for a very long time. I've been dealing with it longer than 12 years. 
and you refuse to give it to God. When God is like, I'm here. I'm willing to, I'm willing to I'm willing to do what you what, what you what you can't do. Stop limiting God. God can do what I can't do. God can do what you can't do. God, we serve a God of the impossible. He can do the impossible. And if we don't learn how to have self-control as a people, We will not know who we are. The enemy has no power. Hear me. The enemy has no power. We give him the power to mess up our day. We give him the power to mess up. We have surrendered our power over to him. When we give him power, then that's when he becomes powerful. Powerful. Because we give him our power. But when we start taking our power back and we really allow Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do in our lives, he will not have any power. He won't. And we need to come into realization where we, 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 the body of Christ needs to come into realization that they need to stop blaming the enemy and be like, hey, we think the devil is me. Because we're making the enemy's job easy. We are. We're blaming the enemy. We're pointing fingers and hands at the enemy. The devil ain't doing nothing. The devil ain't doing nothing. The devil ain't doing nothing. He ain't doing nothing. He can't do nothing. Because of the God that's in us. Like the song says by Mary Mary, it's a God in me. It's a God in us. But a lot of us don't realize the true God in us. Because we're either religious. We either have a form of godliness. We're either look lukewarm or cold. We don't really know. If we really knew the God that was in us, if we really knew who we serve, instead of telling God about what we got going on, we would tell what we got going on about our God. But we really limit God. We limit him. We limit the Lord. We make it seem like he can't do nothing. Like, he has no power. When God has all power, he is the one true living God. There is nothing too hard for God. He could do all things but fail. But we have to have self-control. Have to. We have to have self-control. Most of the people in the Bible struggled with self-control. Adam and Eve didn't have self-control. That's why Satan was able to have his way. Convince them to eat the fruit. And look what happened. They got keyed out of the Garden of Eden. Moses didn't have self-control because Moses doubted the call because of his stuttering problem. And then he also had anger issues. And you saw what happened with him. Even though I believe he still made it to the... Even though I believe he still made it to heaven... Um, But I believe that he did not get to inherit the uh, promised land. That's when Joshua took over. Um, You know, I I believe that David, I believe that David had self-control. I believe that David knew who he was in God. I believe he was. I believe he knew who he was in God. That's why he was able able to kill Goliath because he had self-control. He he knew who he was in God. Um, Peter, when Peter came to his senses, 
Yeah. So, you know, there are people in the Bible that struggled with self-control. And then there were people in the Bible that had self-control or had to get to a place where they could have self-control. You know? That's why, yes, Peter's relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, was a little iffy in the beginning. But he came together at the end. And we have to have self-control. Everybody, from the shepherds to whom God has given a flock to, all the way down to the ushers. Because we all play an important part in the kingdom of God. And I know a lot of us don't feel like we don't play an important role because, you know, a lot of us act like, I didn't ask to be this. I didn't ask to be an usher. All of it is a form of reverence to God. All of it is a form of worship to God because we're taking out our time to come to the house of God. And serve him. No matter how we are feeling. No matter if we're having a bad moment. There, there have been days. Where I'll go to bed Saturday. I ain't going to church. I don't feel like going to church. Because of the heaviness that I'm dealing with. But get up. Go before God in prayer. Be honest with the Lord. Repent. And go to church. And be like yes God. I'm dealing with heaviness, but I'm coming to worship you. Sunday, I was dealing with heaviness when I went to church. I didn't want to go to church. Because even though I just had an amazing mini vacation in the beautiful city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, with the men of God at my church, I was dealing with a heaviness. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to church today. I don't want to go to church today. But I got up. And I made a conscious decision that I just want to be in the presence of God. Because the Bible tells us clear as day that in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That's what the Bible tells us. I don't, I mean, I know I'm going to get a good word. I know I am. But I'm not going to receive a prophetic word. I just want to be in the presence of God because I want God to fool me, to fill me up again. I want to leave out empowered. And and, and I'm going to be transparent. Yes, this has been a crazy week for me. Has been a very crazy week for me. But at the end, I'm thanking God because there's a lesson out of this. One thing that, you know... And I'm going to share this with you all. One thing that you don't know about me is I've been a people pleaser all my life. All my life, since I've been 18, because I wanted to fit in. I didn't want to seem like the boring or lame person in the group. But I'm praying, asking God to deliver me from being a people pleaser because that's a form of idol worship. We have to understand... That because of who we are and who we belong to, we are not on this planet to please people. We're going to say some things that's the truth that's going to offend people. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. Because of who we are. Because if we don't tell the truth, God is going to... We're going to have to pay an accountant for that. God is going to judge us for that. We have to be mindful of what comes out of our mouth. How we live. What we watch. What we do. We have to be mindful of what we're doing because we are being spiritually monitored. Whether you believe that or not or whether you know that or not. But you're being spiritually monitored 24-7. We are. So we have to be very careful. We have to be very careful and mindful of what we're doing and what we're saying. 
very careful. Because everything we do, we're writing it down. But thank God for grace and thank God for mercy. That keeps us, that protects us, that covers us, that leads us in the right and correct direction. And thank God because he has given us the, the ability to repent. And it's very important that we learn how to have self-control. Thank the Lord. Thank him. I was trying to see if I could find any more, but couldn't. But it's okay. God has already spoken and said what he needs to say. I'm done. Um, You know... I just thank God. So I want to encourage you guys, you know, as I'm coming to a close. You know, let's learn how to have self-control. Controlling our feelings, controlling our emotions. Let's just learn how to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to control ourselves. Because we are kingdom ambassadors. We're on this planet to represent God. And we have to be very careful and mindful of the things that we say out of our mouth. So, you know, I just want to encourage you all. I pray that you guys were blessed by, you know, this, you know, discussion and teaching. I pray that you got some good notes out of this. Um, segment and teaching and discussion. Because it's very important that we walk in the fruits of the Spirit. You're not going to heaven because you can speak in tongues. You're not going to heaven because you give faithfully on Sundays and Wednesdays. You're not going to heaven because you go to church every Sunday. You're not going to heaven because you pray faithfully every night. Or worship. Yes, these are things that you need to do. Because this is a way of worship and communication. Because it's a lifestyle. So I'm not telling you to stop doing these things. Don't stop doing these things. Because the Bible encourages us to do these things. But what I'm telling you is. God is coming back for his fruit. The way you live your life matters. The way you treat people matters. It matters. We can't sit here and say, I don't know how to be a Christian. The word of God tells us. The word of God is like a GPS. It tells us. We're basically mimicking the same pattern, the same walk that Jesus walked. So it's not like we don't know. Because we know. But it's one thing in knowing. And it's another thing in doing. Just like with the word of God. It's one thing in hearing the word of God. But another thing in doing it. Because when you hear the word of God, you are accountable for how you react, respond, penetrate. You're responsible for that word. You are. That's why it's important to pay attention. I know a lot of people like to sleep during the word. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Get your notebook. Get your pen. Write down. Because I promise you, that following week, that same word that you got from your leader, from a guest pastor, you're going to need it. You are going to need it. You are going to need it. The word is important. Everything that God says is important. From Genesis all the way to Revelations, that whole, that whole entire Bible is important. 
even though the book of Esther don't mention God's name in it, but God is still in the midst of that of that book. It's important. It's important. That's basically all I got for you guys tonight. Thank you guys for watching. For those of you all that will watch. But like I said, this topic is very important. And it needs to be talked about. Amen and amen. So Father, I thank you. Hallelujah that. You allowing our ears to become open. Lord God, I thank you for just being God, being who you are. I pray that we would live out the fruits of the Spirit. I pray that you would give us self-control. That we would allow the Holy Spirit to really take Holy Spirit's course and do what Holy Spirit does. Because Holy Spirit knows what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us. We would never know what's best for us. So, Father, I just ask that you would help us, guide us, direct us. You are our strong tower where the righteous can run in and are safe. So, God, I pray that you would give us direction. Yes, the word tells us that greater is he that's in the world. Greater, greater is he that's in us, excuse me, than he that is in the world. But do we know that? Do we really know that the greater one lives in us? Do we really know that Holy Spirit is our comfort. Do we really know that he's really there to help us? Do we really know that he has good intentions for us? So God, I pray that our ears and our eyes will become open. That we will learn how to say no. To things that you disagree with. And say yes to things that you agree with. So Father, I thank you. For the greater. I thank you, Father, for the greater that he that's in us and he that's in the world. And I pray, Father God, that we will listen and be obedient to the Holy Spirit. That we will not neglect or abandon the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer. In Jesus' name. That you would show us and that you would direct us in the way to go. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Um, To God be the glory for what he has done. And you guys be blessed in the remainder of your night. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.